All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Episode of Nasty Knuckles. What's going on, Nast? What's up, Riggs? Not much, not much. How was uh how was the adult league going? Ah, uh, not bad. We had another uh W this weekend, five and oh. Yeah. Um five and oh. Five and oh right now. Yeah, everybody's we got a target on our back being the champs going undefeated <laughs> last season and uh starting the winter winter season here. We've uh we're five and oh, so good yeah, win yeah. last night. Yeah, any talks? Boys are uh had a had a couple uh tap ins. Oh, a couple tap ins. It was a couple tap ins. Thank goodness for uh my two line mates, Foxy and Joey. Foxy's just going about a hundred mile an hour to the net, takes five guys out and the puck's sitting there and I just tippy tap it in. There you go. Not uh it's not, easy. not snipe of the week worthy though, right? It was definitely not snipe of the week. <laughs> Picking up the trash. Not. I should have had a hattie in this kids stoned me i was expecting all zero of the fans someone would have thrown a hat on there for sure maybe but yeah. 
No, I'm kidding. I hope so. Better. Yeah. <laughs> but right we're, we're rolling pretty good, man. Very nice. Very nice. How's your weekend? That was great. Yeah, it was great. Just uh, laid low. Kind of a couple uh, flyer learn to play programs going on around the area. And uh, yeah, just some family stuff. So nice. Can't complain. It was a good use of my time. How about them fly yep. guys? It's been, uh, I tell you what, man. What a difference again. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we go up and down. Yeah, the roller coaster but, uh, continues. Yeah, it was tough with the with those guys out. G uh, was the first guy back there against the Rangers. Claude and uh, three assists and uh, came back pretty strong. Looked like he got a little rest instead of maybe being sick. But uh, then they obviously go into Buffalo and big back-to-back shutouts for Moose and and Hartsey and boys. Uh, boys looked good. Buffalo. They look like they're struggling a little bit. They're Tough struggling. team to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you know, it could have gone, you know, the other way easily when you go up against an opponent uh, that's struggling, and you go in there think you're gonna, you know, wipe them up, and you have poor performance. So it's nice to see them capitalize off those two games. And yeah, they're struggling uh, that Buffalo Sabres team for sure. And you look at, you know, look Oof. at the one goal like Kutzer and, and, and Eichel is supposed to be their go-to star and he's standing literally right beside the guy and, and no intention of tying up a stick. So yeah. it's, it, it goes beyond that. I mean, obviously it's, 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 it's a deeper yeah. issue they're dealing with, but nice to see the flyers, uh, you know, again, scoring, shooting the puck more. There's, you know, I think they're averaging those last yeah. three games, like 38 shots on net playing away from their net a lot more, which certainly helps against, uh, you know, for the goals against. So, um, yeah. and guys are stepping up, you know, obviously getting a few bodies back mm-hmm. in there certainly helps, um, starting yeah, with G, definitely. you know, and, uh, you know, lots back Jake back just the, the energy level was good. Uh, I like ghosts game. Uh, he seems, yeah. seems to be pretty, um, well consistent in the last few, but again, those two games they should have won. They did obviously. And, uh, that's important because, um, you know, you drop one of those two, it's demoralizing losing to a team like that. So. Yeah, good. Uh, you know, a couple of good ones to build off of and move forward with. So nice to see. Yeah, you. I, I was. It was good. You're right. You, like you said, it's easy to go in there and drop one of those, especially maybe when the first one and you're like, "Ooh, they're having a tough time," and you don't come ready. And you know, it's NHL, and uh, you can lose those. We've seen it happen. I mean, you see, Boston went into the Rangers and, and lost the other night. Yeah. I never expected that. Um, Rangers looked to me like they were a lost team a week ago. Yeah. They turned around and, and, and win a game. They won a couple. I think they beat the Caps too. But uh, anyway, it was good good weekend for the Flyers and big game tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you mentioned Carter Hart. Uh, it was, I think it was a big game for him to come back and, and well, get, get a shutout, get the win really at the end of the day. Yeah. Gets the shutout, a little gravy there. But, you know, he's kind of – I don't know. I guess he's he struggled a little bit, and I'm not sure it's 100 percent him. You know, I think there was uh, some some issues up front there, and again, they weren't shooting enough. They weren't getting generating enough offense. They're playing a little more in their end than they would like, and absorbing more. And he just uh, he just needed a big win like that, and and got it. So hopefully he can carry over the confidence into the into the week here. So nice to see. Yeah, and you know we've talked about that with Carter before. You know he had a tough outing in uh, Lake Tahoe there. Next start, he gets a shutout. I know it's a struggling Buffalo team, but that's just his mentality, man. He's 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 special. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he yeah, he's 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 mature beyond his years. So I only expected 
that, you know, from him. To him come back strong right. and composed and, and, and ready to rock. He made some big saves, you know. I mean, there's a couple yeah. there that I don't know how he how he did it, but uh, nice to see for sure. So, yeah. All right, I think we should jump into our interview with the Prong Daddy. Oh, yeah, the beast. Let's do it. All right, this interview is brought to you by DraftKings. UFC 259 is this weekend and is sure to be action-packed with three title fights taking place in one night. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100 to 1 odds on either fighter to land a punch during the title fight. Pick either main event fighter to land a punch during this weekend's UFC 259 bout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. Just bet $1 on either fighter to land a punch, and if that happens, you will cash in for $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KNUCKLES when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if either main event fighter lands a punch on Saturday. Place your bet and watch their fists fly this weekend. That's code KNUCKLES to turn $1 into $100 if either fighter lands a punch. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttlemeyer, and we are very, very pleased to have the one and only Chris the Beast, the Who Prong. <laughs> what's up, brother? What's going on, boys? How are you? Prong Daddy, what's happening? Rigatoni. Good to see what's you, man. Up? How are you, man? Doing well. Doing well. Where are you at? Love that it. nice globe am, in the man. background. Saint, yeah, I got the, you know, the travel map in the back here. St. <laughs> uh, Louis, Missouri. Beautiful. Yeah, you got to know where you're going, so you got to have the map on hand. Yep, I got to be able to point somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. I know you're a busy man. You, you got a few different irons yeah. in the fire. Um, one being in the travel business. Why don't you yes, talk? Why don't you, you talk about that? I mean, it's it's interesting that you're doing that with your wife, and it seems to be growing quite well. Yeah, we're we're excited. It's uh, you know, boutique luxury travel company caters to for the most part, athletes, celebrities, CEOs, C-level executives, business owners, uh, high net worth family offices. Um, and, and really the reason for that is that's what we know in the sense that their demands and their time, the pressures of the job, the fame, the fortune, stress on home life, pressure of kids. Uh, a lot of that across that landscape is, is very similar. Uh, having lived, you know, that lifestyle and understanding, you know, what's going on you know, kind of beneath and, and behind the scenes, we're able to really help, uh, you know, through our company and our, our travel experiences that we've uh, been fortunate enough to take. And, and then obviously, um, you know, our company is centered around health and wellness, the healing powers of travel and the mind, body, spirit and uh, in everything that we do. 
and and we try to curate experiences and and vacations and and things of that nature that are going to allow whether it's a, a personal trip a professional trip uh, and allow you to to learn more about um, health and wellness uh, learn more about whether it's as simple as a new sleep technique or a new yoga pose a new holistic healing method uh, it kind of runs a gamut but we're able to then um, allow those uh, clients to implement that into their everyday life and, and hopefully they continue to improve uh, professionally and personally and, and continue to excel and rise. I think when you look at that uh, client roster, if you will, you know, the, the drive and determination to get to the top, the will and desire to not only stay there, but then continue to excel and push forward and, and strive for more excellence, uh, you know, I think is, is very similar across that board. And, uh, you know, that's something that is, is obviously something I tried to do throughout the course of my career. And, and now uh, 2.0 and 3.0 is, is continually strive to, to get better and, and learn about uh, uh, how to improve myself, you know, both mentally and physically. And, um, you know, we like to bring that to, to the table with everything that we do with, with our clients. And, you know, we're a little bit different in the sense that, that we're relationship driven. We want to really kind of get to know our clients, really kind of peel back the onion layer uh, to see what's going on their, <clears throat> in their lives so that, you know, as things come up, we're able to kind of steer and guide them through travel experiences and that are going to either help them, you know, work work on their marriage, work on their relationship with their kids, uh, you know, de-stressed due to, you know, work-related stuff, uh, you know, anything that kind of runs the gamut through the course of, of daily life, if you will. And, uh, you know, I think, as the years go on here, we're becoming more and more cognizant of mental health and, right. and really how that affects the physical side of things. It's the truth. And, and so a lot of what we do incorporates both of those things. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, action packed and well, sounds like full service, but super important stuff, right? When you talk about success, I mean, um, whether you're, again, you, you say like a, a CEO or an athlete or celebrity, I mean, the only way you can perform on a high level is if you're able to manage, say the daily grind, manage stress and, 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 and incorporate these, uh, say these healing techniques. It's really about you know inflammation and stress maintenance. Basically, really is what you're kind of uh, alluding to. But uh, important stuff. So you know, congratulations on that. It's got to be uh, uh, rewarding, fulfilling, and, and a lot of fun too. I'm sure working with some of your clients. So props it to is, you. It is. You know, you learn you learn a lot every day having these conversations, talking to clients, prospective clients, kind of walking them through our process and how we work. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is definitely fulfilling and getting to know new people, you know, challenging myself. I'm, you know, a bit of an introvert at times. And in this job, you need to be an extrovert and outgoing and talking to people and, and really kind of be inquisitive. And, um, you know, that's something that I've challenged myself to kind of get out of my comfort zone and, and really kind of put myself out there. We're an open book with our successes and our struggles. We don't, use the Instagram filter to kind of make it look like our life is perfect. And, and, uh, you know, we don't deal with any issues in, in our lives. You know, I think that's something that, uh, you know, our clients and prospective clients appreciate, uh, you know, very much with, with how we portray ourselves and, you sure. know, not only to them, but, but to the world and, and to the community. Beautiful. Yeah, and then, awesome. and then on the hockey side of things, you're still involved uh, with the Florida Panthers. I am head. not. Oh, you're not. I okay. am not. I'm done. You're done. I'm done. Okay. I, you know what? I uh, I was working 
you know, I worked there for three years, and this was just something that I think you know you got to be all in or all out. Hundred percent. You know, I I could have kept doing it, but I would have had a toe in. And sure. it just it it wouldn't be fair to them. It wouldn't be fair to me. That's that's um, not you though. You you don't no, you no, don't do it's... things. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I'm not putting at toe in. No toe in. You're all in. You're either <laughs> pushing dance. the chips in or you're pulling them all out. Right right. Yeah. You know. So we're we're fully invested in this company. Beautiful. And, and, you know, I think for us, you know, really it, it's about growing organically and slowly and with the right clients, the right people. Um, and, and those that are interested in, in improving and, and, and guiding and being, you know, steered to the right destinations, the right learning about the right cultures and, and learning, you know, trying to constantly improve. I think that's something that I did throughout the course of my career. That's something that I continually do on a daily basis is learning something new, trying to implement that into my daily life. Um, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, I think we all have to a certain extent and, uh, you know, we're here to help provide that. Beautiful. Well, I did not know that. I thought you were still. I, I thought you were still toe in, toe out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> one step in, one step no. Out. But uh, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, I, I understand Old that completely. Toes is, is yeah, no right. There. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, how hard was that for you to to make that decision? Um, you know what? I think at the end of the day, it it really wasn't knowing. Um, I guess the passion that I have for travel. Uh, the excitement that I had for the business, uh, the idea behind the business, how we could help people, um, you know, it, it is something that kind of drives us on a daily basis. And, and to see and get texts and emails from clients that, you know, tell us about the, the great times that they had and, and how uh, connected they, they are now versus prior to, um, you know, that that's what it's all about for us. And, and uh you know, I think we we strive to do that each and every time we send someone on a staycation, a vacation, a travel experience to a far off destination, which in in current times is challenging. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, as we continue to go and things get back to some semblance of normalcy, we'll we'll continue to you know dive into different uh, different areas of you know whether it's the South Pacific, Asia, you know, Middle East, Europe, you know, all those. Uh, areas that everybody has a lot of interest in and learning more about. So we're, we're excited and, uh, you know, looking forward to things slowly turning back and uh, becoming maskless at some point. I hope so. Yeah, no kidding. It's about time. It's about time. Well, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about your hockey career because obviously you're, you're known for, well, several things. <laughs> yeah, no, right? We're on the, we're on the <laughs> clock. We're on the clock really here. wanted to dive into it. Um, but, um, you know, in 1993, you're drafted second overall. And you ever look back and say, God damn, I should have been first overall. <laughs> you know what? You know, you, like everyone. You back, <laughs> yeah, but you look back on a lot of things. I actually got asked that question last week. Did you? Just about, <laughs> just about more about Daigle and, and not necessarily the pick. And, right. you know, I think when you look at, me going to Hartford, we had, you know, they brought in a number of, of great veterans to help mentor and guide me. Uh, Brad McCrimmon being first and foremost of the group was my partner and roommate. And then, you know, you look at Daigle in, in Ottawa, I don't really know if they had a, a, a good core veteran leadership group that could, you know, they had a lot of cast offs and yeah. a lot of guys that were, um, you know, just trying to 
prolong their careers. And, right. and I don't really know how much guidance and yeah, I'm sure they were friendly and ensure that, but I don't really know how much they really dug into. And nor do I know if he really wanted to be guide, guided and steered and, and, and managed and helped. Um, and, and frankly, I said this last week, I don't think he even enjoyed playing hockey. Yeah. I mean, he, to me, it just looked like it was something he was pretty good at and he just did it for other reasons, not the game of hockey. Yeah. Interesting. I I think that like, you know, it goes to, to the point of like, you know, he's got, obviously has some raw natural ability, but unless you pour your heart and soul into it, you kind of just stay, you know, the same or, you know, you don't really grow. Um, and that's interesting point too, around the supporting cast. Like I I didn't, not that I remember that early Ottawa Senators team, but I know that they didn't really have an identity. You know, there was really no. nothing like surrounding him. So, I mean, that, that yep. could have been part of it too. And then eventually you just lose interest in whether he did before <laughs> or after the well, fact. And, but... and you think about it back then, 93, you know, he wasn't exactly a big guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, I don't know, 5'10", 5'11", 165 pounds. You know, in the, in the game that was played back then. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was a fast player, but you get your mitts on him and he's done. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just, you know, the game wasn't set up for him. He was very one-dimensional, tried to use the speed all the time and just kind of, you know, take it wide. And, you know, because, you know, whether it was coaching, whether it was his inability to be coached and, and change and, and adapt to, you know, the, the game and, and current environments, um, you know, I'm not sure that if you're unwilling to adapt and change to the game, Going from junior to the NHL, then, you know, as you said, Riley, he's going to be stagnant. And, and if you're not improving every year, you're actually going down because everybody else is improving. Well, that's the truth, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a question for you, Prongs. 93, that was actually my first year, too. Um, it's amazing. I'm still only 35 years old. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't tell Elvis because he loses it. You, you look my 30. daughter's been telling him. Dad's going to be 50 next month. And he cried. He said, they're lying to me. No, you're only 35. And I'm like, well, buddy, it doesn't really matter. How... Yes, it does. You're 30. They can't say. I was like, but remember, I was 35 last year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're 36 then. Right? He's losing yeah. his mind. But anyway, yeah. um, you come in, you're 18, like, into the National Hockey League. Uh, Verbeek was the captain there, I think. Verbeek was the and, captain. We had Andrew Castles, Jeff Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, Jim McKenzie. Uh, Doug Huda was there for a cup of coffee, at, oh, you know, in the beginning. Um, you know, Brad McCrimmon was my partner. We had Zarly Zalapsky. Uh, Sean Burke was our goalie. Um, Frank Peter Angelo was our backup. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had Randy Cunnyworth. We had... Uh, Jeez. Uh, I mean, we had a whole host of, you know, names that you, you would know. but Yeah, right. You know, we had that top line. You know, it was Sanderson, Castles, and Verbeek was our top line. They did the bulk of our scoring. Uh, we had Robert Cron. We had uh, – uh, who else? We had some – you know, Ted Drury, uh, Jim Storm. We had a bunch of, you know, younger college guys that kind of came in. Patrick Poulin was there. Oh, he was wow, the yeah. only other young guy on the team yeah, yeah. other than, you know, other than me. Obviously, well, Sanderson was, you know, maybe three or four years older, but, uh, you know, so we, we had a, a, an eclectic group of players. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wonder, like, back then, like, obviously, we, you've been through the changes in the game, and, and, but 
I always say I sound like an old old fucker, but like the old school, like what a difference between then, obviously your 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 rookie year to when you finish. But what I was going to ask you was, being eighteen, you come in there and you do have some veterans around. Like, was it an absolute shit show? Because one, well, there's no cell phones, thank God. Right. Yeah. Harper's not like a booming <laughs> place either, but I'm yeah. sure places, little watering holes you could go. But was it uh was it fun or was it like just yeah, it was, you or it was hard for me because everybody, you know, again, drinking age was twenty one, yeah. Connecticut, not you know, these hole in the wall. I lived out in Avon, which is a well to do suburb. A lot of the guys lived in Simsbury and Avon. Uh, because we had a practice rink in Avon Old Farms. Um, so I really didn't go out that much, to be honest with you. It, it was, yeah. you know, I, I lived with a family. I hung out with them a lot. Um, you know, it, people were in different parts of their life. A lot of guys were just getting married, starting families. You know, they had other things going on. So when we were at home, you know, I just kind of stuck to myself. But when we're on the road, everybody goes for dinner, everybody goes out, you know, whatever. And, yeah. you know, that's more of the time when you got to hang out with the guys and, and kind of be a part of the group. Uh, but at home, it was actually pretty lonely, to be honest with you. It was, uh, you know, because everybody does their own thing. Everybody, you know, you go for lunch, but then what do you do? Yeah, exactly. you, know, you got a lot of spare time and you got a lot of free time to figure out what you're going to do uh, before you got to wake up for either practice or a game the next day. There's no Facebook back then to start trolling anybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Thank there God. was no internet. There was no nothing. <laughs> no nothing. Oh, <laughs> my God. Well, you're, you're there two years, which obviously I don't think anyone would have thought that. You mean the player you were and, the you know, obviously getting better and better, and you end up uh, getting traded to St. Louis. Um, nine seasons there. And a uh, few awards, a few awards. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the Hart Trophy and, and um, I mean, you, you did it all. MVP, I mean, you did it all. But uh, Norris, um, what, what what about your time there? And you got to play with Wayne Gretzky, which was probably pretty cool. Grant Fuhrer. Yeah, I got to, I got to play with the whole uh, old Oilers crew. Mac T, yeah. yeah right? Mac T. Was in there too? Was that Mac T was there. Yeah, he was there. Charlie Huddy was my partner. Oh, no Charlie way. Huddy. Charlie Huddy was there. We had Glenn Anderson. I mean, we Mike Keenan brought in the whole old Oilers and some of his old Rangers guys. And it was, uh, you know, I think I got the kiss of death in Hartford after my second year. I met with, with Jim Rutherford, the GM, and, and he goes, uh, yeah, you know, you're a franchise player. We're going to build around you. You know, not oh. knowing then, not knowing then what I know now, I mean, that was the ultimate kiss of death. You know you're getting dealt when they tell you that. Yeah, right. So it's uh, you know it's funny. Homer was the was the GM, and then he was the coach, and then Jim Rutherford took over as GM, and and Homer was the coach again. So he had flown up to Dryden to meet with me, and we I took him fishing, and you know he just wanted to see how I was doing, and you know it'd been a rough couple of years, right? And checking on me, seeing if I'm working out, seeing if I you know what headspace I was in. And we go fishing and, and, you know, obviously, again, no cell phones. So we take him to the airport. He flies. He has to fly through Thunder Bay. So he stops in Thunder Bay. He gets on on, on a pay phone, calls back to the office, and he checks in with Jim Rutherford. He's like, yeah, you know, he's had a great time with Chris. He's, he looks great. He's, he's, you know, mentally, you know, I think he's, he's 
ready to take that next step. Well, don't worry, Homer. We just traded him. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, needless Shani, to say, right? for Shani, for Shani yeah. yeah, for Brandon Shanahan. Yeah. So, needless, so who they then flipped for Stu Grimson, Paul Coffey, Primo, and uh, you know maybe a first or second round pick or something. But he was only there a year too, so it uh, he he didn't want to be there any anymore either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. So it was, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, I got to heart, or I got, sorry, I got to St. Louis and, you know, you got Brad Hull, Jeff Cornell, Al McGinnis, Grant Fuhr, you got all these, this veteran presence and, and this group that kind of knows what they want to do, you know, and how they want to play and how, you know, so they're trying to integrate you into the lineup and into how they want you to, you know, be a pro practice play you know all the you know off ice habits all the things that you got to learn as a young player to then take on to that you know consistency and and preparation and all the things that we talk about being a good pro with and the first year I went in there I was not in the best of shape you know Mike Keenan at the time was really into physical fitness and really into the VO2 and and he was adamant about what you needed to get to and adamant about you know all these things and I wasn't very good, <laughs> to say the to least. Say the least. Me, and, me, and, me and Grant Fear, uh, I got sent onto the bike. I got scolded and sent to the bike to get back into shape. Fierzy, they sent home because, you know, he's Fierzy, and he walked the golf course. That was him getting into shape. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so Mike was not happy, sent him home. So then Fierzy and I were in the so-called fat club. You're in the fat club. And, uh yeah, working out, you know, working out beside each other. And, you know, that first year was tough. You know, I got traded for a fan favorite in Brandon Shanahan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got booed every time I touched the puck on home ice. No way. Wow. <laughs> I got, I got, you know, verbally assaulted outside of the rink on numerous occasions. I mean, it was, it was a mitigated disaster the first <laughs> probably half, half to three quarters of the season. And then, you know, ultimately I just said, you know, and then it got into my head and I was thinking on the ice and I was just, you know, you start trying to please people and then you start trying not to make mistakes. And of course you're going to make them. Right. And then ultimately I just said, fuck it. And just said, fuck it. I'll just play. I don't give a shit no more. You want to boo me? Go ahead. And then I started to kind of come into my own, obviously got into better shape. Um, you know, really started to just play the game and react, not think about what may or may not happen and think what you needed to do if that may or may not happen. I mean, it just gets you into no man's land. You just read and react and play the game and, and throw caution to the wind. And I think at, once I did that, I started to play better. Uh, as I mentioned, Charlie Huddy was my partner at the deadline. We traded for him and he was my partner, him and Jay Wells. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, think about that. And, <laughs> and uh, no idea. You know, yeah. Him and Jay Wells were my partner, and we kind of played together. And um, so it was uh, an interesting year. I had a really good playoff. We lost in seven in the second round. You know, Gretzky gets traded to us, and that the three-quarter mark is where we got Gretz. And that's kind of where things kind of – I was able to kind of go to the back burner. All the focus went on Gretz, you know, rightfully so. But right. thankfully for me, because it took a lot of pressure off of me, everybody was just focused on him. The media attention, the scrutiny, the you know all the stuff, you know the fans, etc. They weren't really thinking about me anymore, 
And so that really gave me a chance to kind of sit back and, and kind of come into my own. And then, you know, we should have beat, we should have beat Detroit in seven, but you know, we weren't able to, and, and it was a, you know, a great learning experience. And then I built off of that. And then every single year upon that got better and better and better. Yes. Definitely. Well, would you, would you look back on uh, that trade? Um, you know, looking at the adversity and, and the whole bit as part of, uh, probably the best thing that ever happened to you in your hockey career? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think from the draft to expectations to then getting traded for a fan favorite, going through all the the adversity and the booing and the, you know, whatever, it it does. You can either, you, can, you know, it's a fork in the road. You can either quit or you can find a way and push through it. And, you know, I think that really shows the metal that you have and shows the uh, inner desire and the strength of character, and, and you're able to really, um, you know, improve and, and use that as a guiding force throughout your career. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Prague, speaking about you getting booed at home, <laughs> I remember uh, your first your first game in, in uh, with the Flyers when we went to, we started in Carolina. Uh, Ray Emery was, was, he was in that, through the shutout that night. But one of the funniest things was uh, the game starts, Soon as a puck hits your stick, boo! <laughs> so we're all just kind of chuckling, like whatever. Because when you would come to Philly, people booed you before you were the yeah. Flyers. So yeah. Prongs plays a shift. He comes back. You don't even open the door for the guy. He's six foot six. You know, he throws a leg over. He goes, "Boys, don't worry. That's my nickname. They're just calling me Lou." <laughs> <laughs> Beast, beast, I think they're they're booing you. No, no, that's pretty good. No, 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 no. They just like the way I handle the puck. (laughs) Don't worry, boys. He says, right? Don't worry, boys. That's just my nickname, Lou. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, so you, you land up playing with nine seasons in St. Louis, and then you, I mean, obviously had some great memories and success there. And you land up in, in Anaheim. Uh, Edmonton. Edmonton, Edmonton, sorry. That, that was for Lupul and Smith, right? Um, uh, no, that was... That was oh, am I, that am I confusing for, uh, those trades up? Uh, there were, and there was a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, I'm all <laughs> over the map for, here. I got that. Edmonton was for uh, Eric Brewer, Jeff Waywitka. Oh, Wait- yeah, Waywitka, yeah, sure. Waywitka and yeah. Doug Lynch. Who, and then... Uh, and then when I went to Anaheim, that was the first trade for Lupul. It was Lupul, Schmid, and two firsts. And then, and then when I got traded Edmonton, it was for Lupul, Beeson, <laughs> two firsts. Oh yeah, okay, right. <laughs> so Loops has been a part of a lot of trades. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the uh, the thing about uh, Edmonton. Obviously, you spent that one year there. Um, you guys go to the finals, man. I mean, it, like, what what a run and set to lose at seven. You know, like, I I mean, that's just got to be tough. First of all, you were you weren't a high seed end up going into the playoffs, but I remember hearing you talk about it before, just saying, you know, you just had confidence though with that group. And um, I remember obviously watching uh, that that series, and uh, it, it was it was wild, man. Like seven games, you, you guys. You guys, are, you go in, I think game five, you win in Carolina, you go home and you shit kicked them. Yep. So you yep. come to seven, you got to be, hey, boys, like, you know, and that, they, they got a shitty goal. They got a shitty hey. first goal, and it, it 
we were down. It was they got a shitty first goal like five minutes into the game. It went off somebody and, and went in. And then it was one nothing for land. Then it was two nothing. Then we scored to make it two one. Then we had a, we had a five on three. We had I mean we had all kinds of chances. Just couldn't bury it. And, and then they scored an empty net goal late. You know five seconds left or whatever. But it was uh, you know losing Dwayne Rollison in the first game. You know he tore his knee up. That that hurt us. Um, you know and 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 there was a number of factors. Game two we just were completely out of sorts you know when you give away games we were up three nothing four nothing we were up three nothing or four nothing in the second period in game number one you know you win you win you know it's no different than flyers against the hawks you win that first game the series is completely different yeah totally different. you know you take that that road game to start it changes the, the the whole layout of the series and to be frank, we should have won. I mean, it, we just should have won. And Rolly gets hurt. At the time, you know, the, one of the biggest problems we had was we rotated our backup goalie. Why, I have no idea. But UC Markin and, and Ty Conklin were rotating as the backup. Huh. And game number one was Conklin's turn. And now you got to remember, the guy hasn't played in two months. Like, he hasn't played a game. So he gets out there, you know, that Roley gets hurt. They tie the game. Roley gets hurt. There's like five minutes left in the game. It's 4-4 four, four, or 3-3 three, three, three or 4-4. Four, four. And he, J- Jason Smith and I were partners. They dump the puck in. Conk stops it. He goes to push it to Smitty, who was coming the other side. And he pushes it basically to Rod Bindermore, grabs it, and bangs it in an empty net. And you're just like, okay, what? What are we doing? Yeah. And then you see, and see then UC and played awesome. You know, the crazy part is, then UC goes in net and played awesome. Played yeah. really, really well. Cannot fault him for any of our losses. And, you know, like he, he played really well. It yeah. just, you you give up, you know, the second game was a blowout. We, we were stupid and played terrible. You know, see, spot him too. I mean, yeah, you're behind the eight ball constantly. You're fighting to climb back in, climb back in, you know. And maybe we use too much energy to climb back in to get it to game seven. Yeah, but you know, and they're obviously on home ice and the energy and you know all the all the stuff. You know, their their crowd was very very loud. Yeah, it was yeah. it was uh, impressive between Carolina and Edmonton. You know, obviously playing in Canada, going to the finals. I mean, Edmonton was rocking. It was. I mean, it was awesome. You yeah. Know, it, you know, for somebody that plays hockey, to play in Canada and be in the finals and be in that environment, there's nothing better. Right. There's nothing better. Just the passion and the 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 buzz around town and the electricity in the air of of everybody's talking about the game or the the, the next game and you know That's what, what happened in the war, right? Oh, like it, was, it was it was it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a, a great experience and and something that actually you know I think helped me when I went to Anaheim the next year, because, you know, obviously our goal was to win and, and get back. So a lot of the stuff that I learned in that season, you know, remember the coach was Mac T who I, who I played with. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. the, the D coach was Charlie Huddy, who I played with. with <laughs> yeah, <my partner>. right. <laughs> Craig Simpson was a, an assistant coach who I played against, you know, uh-huh. so Kevin Lowe was the GM who I played against. Yeah. So you start going back on, 
you know, so, you know, we had a great relationship and, and we're able to kind of walk through a lot of potential conflict and issues, not as it relates to me, but just as, you know, for the team and, and, and different things that you need to kind of walk through with the guys and, and explain what, what you have and, and kind of where things have to go. So you end up in Anaheim and you get, you get it done. You, you win the cup, man. That was, that was awesome. And, Playing with uh, Scott Niedermeyer, like how easy did that guy make it look? Oh. Skating around, he, he could have. I always, I always tell people because I get asked about you a lot, and uh, who plays now with the Flyers. He he reminds me a lot of you as far as the way he conditions himself, how how serious he takes the game. And I swear, Provy wants to play forty minutes a night. And I I said I remember you and I just bullshit one day with some other guys too, but. You're like, I could probably almost play a game if I, pay, you know, paced yourself. But you, you managed if you managed. But in <laughs> saying that, literally, you did play thirty minutes, and you probably could have played more. Um, and I always say that. But Niedermeyer, he looked like he could literally easily play he, forty minutes. If there's, there's, any, if there's anybody that could play for you know forty minutes, sixty minutes, it's him. I mean it. Floating around on the ice, effortless. We, you know, in the Olympics in in '02, we're in Salt Lake, so we're in elevation. Yeah. He goes out for a shift with his partner, which may have may have been uh, Adam Foot or Rob Blake. I was playing with Al, and Adam Foot changes, and and Scotty's still out there, <laughs> just cruising around, you know, and and then Al comes to change, and then the next right shot guy goes out. And Scotty, I think he saw the next guy change. He's like, ah, I better, I better change. I, I feel bad. I'm taking right. <laughs> <I'm bad. laughs> he felt bad. He didn't. He wasn't even tired. And I got out there for like 20 seconds. I'm like, change. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. He, uh, if if there was one guy, he could easily do it. Like when yeah. we were in Anaheim, he he'd play. You know, we'd play 30 minutes. Obviously, I'd play different. I was physical and. You know, yeah. clearing the front of the net and doing all that. It takes a lot more out of you. But Scotty had, you know, some grit to him. You know, more than people think, more than people give him credit for. Played hard. You know, yeah. he might not have been out there running guys and doing all that, but he was engaged in the battle and, and uh, you know, obviously why he's a Norris Trophy winner and Hall of Famer and four, four-time four cup champion and, you know, all the other accolades he's got. But, uh, you know, just seeing the way – I mean, just floating. Yeah, he did. blades are barely floating. touching the ice. Where there's shrapnel, ice chips <laughs> flying everywhere. <laughs> but I'm skating. <laughs> oh man, I, I was. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, I was talking to Riggs about you uh, when you first came in. I, I laughed. I hadn't met you yet. And the first day you showed up in Philly, you came in the side door, and I I knew you were coming, but I'm waiting. So I'm like, oh, you know, I gotta get to get to meet him and like kind of go over some stuff. Pronks comes flying in the door and I'm like, Hey man, what's up? Nasty. Yep. What's up brother going upstairs. I need some workout stuff and some shoes and I'll be back down. I'll see you later, man. He just keeps walking. I'm like, like a boss. So anyway, I was telling, I was telling Riggs, I don't know if you remember this prongs, but, so it's so funny because thing most of the time I have to admit, but uh, 
we're going over his gear. Obviously, he's being six foot six, his fucking pants are different. Every, everything's bigger and specially made. So I said, hey, uh, wear, these, wear this stuff a few days, and then I'll give you your second set of gear. And he says, what's that? Second set of gear? No, I don't do second set of gear. And I'm like, well, well, we kind of have to because we truck. No, I don't do two sets. I didn't in Anaheim, so. And I'm like, I'm not going to argue with the man, right? So I'm like, all right. Okay. But it was just funny. No, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. You know, it's like you're trying to get him to take something, you know, like pills. Or no, I don't, no, I don't do second set of gear. So I'm like, all right. I had a second set of gear, right? So everything's new. So I start changing it every day after he skates. Like in the morning, I let it dry and then I put the new stuff up because it was so new. So we go like two weeks and we're getting ready to leave because we're going to Carolina, I think. It could have been a preseason game too. I can't really remember. I think I think I was carrying your stuff back and forth during preseason, but you didn't know I was switching it. <laughs> so... We're getting ready to leave, go to Carolina, and the goalie bags are pulled. We had a guy called up, I guess, and his bag's out because he only had one set of gear. So Beast comes off the ice. He says, yo, Nast, where's my bag? And I said, oh, you're all set. Well, I want to pack my gear. And I'm like, no, your shit's on the truck. No, no, I only have one set of gear. I was like, you've been wearing two sets of gear for about three weeks. I've been switching. You motherfucker. You little fuck. Are you kidding me? I'm like, no, man, but see, it didn't bother you. I knew these shin guards weren't right. We got to get weights on them. He's just fucking so mad. But then he was like, all right, whatever, man. So I was like, yes. I got one on the beast. But he's like, you little fuck. I kind of stood, I stood about 10 feet away, too, in case he was going to come after me. But. Casey snaps. Throw the old buggy whip. Yeah. Oh, uh, Casey snaps. Throw the old buggy whip. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, man. Why don't you talk about your time in Philly? You know, I know you, you, you come to Philly, obviously, uh, you're, you're a big name, big presence on the back end, and then... I think you're banged up uh, a good portion of your second season there, and then obviously you retired because of post-concussion uh, syndrome, right? I mean, talk talk to your three years uh, in Philly, and you know, and and the, the culture of you know Flyers hockey, and, and and kind of how you exited the game. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, when I look back on it, uh, there was a couple times where when I was being traded that I almost went to Philly, and I was more I was in my prime, and you know, having gotten there and, and seeing the environment and seeing the, the passion of Mr. Snyder and the, you know, the fan faithful and, you know, everything that encompassed Philly. And, you know, you hear all the stories and the lore of how crazy the fans are and, you know, all the rest of that. And you see guys with the Flyers tattoo on the side of their side of their head. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, Flyers and, Eric. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with all that stuff, you're just like, oh, man, this is legit. So when you see, and it was really kind of obviously new, long, you know, known Homer my whole NHL career. Um, you look at, you know, the passion of Mr. Snyder, you know, Peter Luco, uh, you know, Comcast, Mr. Roberts, uh, and and what they exude and 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 how they wanted the team to play, how they wanted the team to be run. You know, everything was about winning. The, that culture of just just win, baby, you know, just win. Yeah. You know, Mr. Snyder, Al Davis, that 
old school uh, owner mentality, uh, you know, is something that I appreciate. You know, I played the game to win. I wasn't out there trying to make friends. I wasn't out there trying to, you know, stick tap everybody and uh, hey, buddy, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's about winning. Of course, it's about doing what uh, what you can to be successful and help your team win. And you know, when I got there, it was uh, you know I could see the passion in Mr. Snyder's eyes and, and see the passion that he had for the Flyers organization and then obviously, you know, the tradition and, and how, you know, the Broad Street bully days and how they played the game. And, uh, you know, I was excited. I was excited to uh, to kind of get things going, you know, when I talked to Homer about the trade and, and coming in, you know, obviously I was there to help Richie and help Carts and, and help some of those younger guys to kind of take that next step and, and kind of steer and guide them. Um you know, I think I think a lot of you know it may not have worked out in Philly for them, but I think a lot of the stuff that they then went on to do with LA, I think they learned a lot sure. uh, from our time in, in Philly and from what we were, you know, so close to being able to accomplish. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's unfortunate that it ended that way. That first year, I didn't miss a game. You know, me and you know, I think when you look at our D that year, me and Matt Carl. Kimo and, and Kobe, the four of us, missed a total of four games total. Oh, that's impressive. Which is crazy to think. And so I was, uh, you know, I was expecting that I had, what I, I had knee surgery in the summer, in the off season, you know, didn't, tra- didn't do training camp, didn't do um, much preseason. I think I, I don't think I did any preseason. And then missed the first, first game against Pittsburgh. And then I came back and, then I broke my hand, you know, freak accident, break my hand. Then my back goes out. Then, you know, just all the stuff that, that kind of went on a lot of freak stuff where you're just like, you know, you wanted to build on the opportunity that we had against Chicago. You wanted to have that. And, and, you know, just for things to kind of play out the way they did that second year and then to come back and, you know, me felt great. My back felt awesome. Everything felt great. Got off to a great start. You know, I think I had 12 points in 13 games. We were, I think we lost one game. We were like 12-1-1 one, and one or whatever it was. And then, uh, you know, to have that happen, you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You know, and just to, do, you know, deal with everything with my eye and then obviously the concussions and everything. And, um, you know, I think it was frustrating. It was, uh, you know, you, you know, I – I got a soft spot for Mr. Snyder. You know, he's obviously, you know, hardcore, passionate owner. But I think when he sees when he sees where you're at in that regard, you know, I went out for dinner with a number of times afterwards and just kind of talked to him. And, uh, you know, he, he basically told me, man, you're done. You're really not am. playing. He, like, you can't play. Because, you know, his son's a doctor, and he showed him my medical file, and he's like, seriously, Mr. Ed or whatever he called him. <laughs> kind of dad (laughs) (laughs) like he looked at my medical file and all my injuries and then obviously all my concussions and all everything that kind of went on he's like you know he's just not going to be able to play like you can't don't don't think that at some point this guy's miraculously in two or three years going to be able to play right it's not going to happen you know just based on my age you know the injuries that i'd i'd had previously and then you know, obviously my head stuff and my eye and, and all that stuff. And, 
um, you know, I, just, you know, I think you know, that was one of the reasons why I needed to leave Philly and, and Mr. Snyder, you know, was, you know, I think very receptive to allowing us to, because he didn't, he didn't have to, you know, I was still being paid. He could have said, Hey, you, no, you need to be here training. You need to be here trying to get healthy. And, uh, you know, I think he knew what was going on with my wife's parents and everything that was, you know, health related with them. And, um, you know, I think he was, you know, understanding more so with, you know, I think what other players had gone through in the organization, uh, you know, obviously his own health and, and, and stuff that he was dealing with. So it was, uh, you know, had, had it been another owner, I don't know if they would have understood. I don't know if they would have been as um, accommodating as, uh, you know, I think he appreciated the way I played. I think he understood, you know, what I brought to the table. Uh, it, it sucks. You know, we bring in Briz and, and, you know, and I'm, you know, the first couple, you know, first little bit. And then I'm watching Briz and I'm like, if I'm there, half the shit this guy's doing, he's not doing. You know, he just, he's going to get a stick over the head and told to shut the fuck up. Like, you know, he's pointing at guys after goals. Like he's blaming guys and doing all this stuff. I'm like, just shut up and stop the puck. Like, that's your job. And, you know, so, you know, it, it, from that side, it was frustrating knowing if you're there, a lot of this stuff wouldn't happen and, or, or you'd be able to mitigate it and, and, and kind of steer and guide the, the group to, you know, the right path or, or, or not, or just be an, a, a support and, and, and be able to be a part of it and, and knowing my experiences and all the different things that I'd been through. Obviously, we brought in Yags, and and I was, I had talked to him. I was one of the reasons why he wanted to come, because <laughs> he, because he didn't want to get hacked anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's tired of it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I, I think, I don't think anybody wanted it to end that way. I don't think anybody wants their career to end that way. It's just unfortunate and frustrating when. You know, you, you look at that team and, and specifically that team that year in 11-12 where we had a lot of really good pieces. We had a lot of guys that were kind of making that next step. And then when you get hurt, when I get hurt, it kind of throws the back end out of whack. Then you're you're forced to make trades and forced to make moves just to fill in the pieces and, and kind of you don't want to be able – you don't want to have to make those types of moves uh, if you don't have to, and, uh, you know, it was just unfortunate. Yeah. That's, that's a, uh, you know, no disrespect to anyone else, but you know, you lose someone else, you probably find a way it still sucks to lose one of your main guy, but to lose a guy of your caliber was, uh, definitely had its impact, you know, on, on every, on the team mentally and, and for the games too, you know, like, you know, you're not there. Like, yeah, I, I always say like, I never obviously played hockey, but I've been around it most of my life, and I've never seen a guy with a pass out of his own like prongs, like Riles. I think we've talked about. It. Like, yeah, I know mean, for sure. First pass. I mean, I'm talking about tape to tape, bam, hard, gone, and what a difference that makes. <laughs> That's half the game, right? Getting out of your zone. Yeah, I mean, you got guys coming back, and guys can't do that. Like you could, you you are like one of your. I mean, you could do everything basically. I'm not trying to. Well, I'm pumping, but, but seriously, that that was one of the things when we first when we first got you. 
the best thing, it was my favorite, is this guy is the meanest motherfucker I've watched play hockey in a while, man. Like, he's an ornery prick, and I love it. And I loved how it didn't matter if, you, like you said, you were there helping Richie, helping, the, like, the guys that were, you know, coming up, and you weren't afraid to say, hey, Rick Bone, fuck, that puck's got to get deep there because we're trying to change. Hey, it could be anybody. Kevin Marshall. I mean, you know, it was this guy or that guy. And you held yourself accountable. It wasn't like you didn't say, you know, hey, boys, I got to do that, you know. And that was a thing that, you know, you, you miss that when that comes out of the room as well. Uh, major um, leadership, right? I mean, it's 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 huge. Oh, and that's the things that, you know, we're fortunate enough to see a lot. You know, fans don't get that perspective. That's what I, I always say. You know, I never took a day for granted when I was uh, working in hockey and, and those are the things you love and you, and you know, personally about you and people don't know that stuff, but um, it, it was a huge blow. And, and even, even the second year, like I think we had a chance to do some damage. You had the back Absolutely. issue, but yeah. One of the funny things was I remember us being in Buffalo's game six <laughs> and we're down. We could lose, yeah. like we could lose the series. Yeah. And, uh, I get a call in the afternoon. And it's Beast. He says, "Nast, hang my gear up. I'm going." And I'm like, "I think I got a chub." I'm like, "Yes." So the boys are coming in, and I got Beast jersey up and everything. And guys are like, "He's going." I'm like, "Oh yeah." He called me. He said, "Get it up." And they're like making fun of me, like. Wait, you're like a little kid right now. You're like so jacked up. I'm like, fucking right, so jacked up. And he's like, I don't know if I'm playing, but I'm going to be dressed. And maybe you sat there for a while. You're fucking back. I know you're in pain, but then we got a power play. So he's in front of the net on the power play. Well, that's a good spot to put a guy with a bad back. Yeah, <laughs> got right. Big Myers. He's still playing. He's as tall as prongs, and they're just working. And I remember you got a penalty. We're on a five-on-three, yeah. and he whacked you. Yeah. And I think you just were like, he turned around. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Maybe this wasn't a good idea. <laughs> but we ended up winning the game in overtime. Vile Leno scored, uh, and we go home, and we killed him game seven. But then, you you know, you weren't able to play. You were just hurt, and – yeah. It's such a big loss, you know, but uh, it's just so many. I know we don't have a whole lot of time. I wish we did. Just so many funny things. And uh, well, maybe it'd have to be 2.0. Yeah, 2.0 yeah. with Long Daddy. Not on our skate sharpening studio. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll have to get you down when we uh, when we can. Be maskless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey, what Prongs, I was going to ask you, like, despite being known as like a skilled defenseman, uh, would you ever consider yourself a dirty hockey player? Um, sure. I mean, dirty, dirty is a, you know, there's a lot of gray areas involved. Um, I would say I'd be willing to, you know, I, I want to win just like anybody else. And as big a target as I had on my back, I was going to make sure I took a pound of flesh out of anybody who came near me. (laughs) So, you know, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that I had guys taking runs at me constantly and, you know, yeah. And then you got to make sure that they know, okay, if, if you're going to do that, you're going to feel some pain, (laughs) you know, you're going to, you're not going to like it. So, uh, you know, and then, and then it's, and then it's about taking a number and finding them when they're in a, 
an untoward position and sorry. Yeah, right. I, I remember uh, Prongs. I'm sure you remember this. We were, uh, it was after we had lost, it was the next season, and we're playing Chicago that week. And Prong yeah. says, Hey, Nast, come here. Get me a new pair of elbow pads and cut the back off, off of them. I said, What? He's like, I want this thing to come right off my arm. You remember who you were going after? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, and he got, I got his in the game before we played him. <laughs> it was Burrage. Oh, no, no way. And he wanted he he wanted a piece of this. He goes, I don't care if he's he says no, he's gonna get it. So I cut the back piece of these elbow pads off for him, had him, and then he got hurt and he could play. And I remember saying, Hey, he's he's you're the like luckiest luckiest dude in the world right now. <laughs> he got fucking <laughs> face. Because oh, he was gonna get something in the face from from the beast. Yeah, that's so good. Well, the only reason I asked you that was, that, you know, I know you played the game hard. I was kind of making a joke when I said that, but, um, you know, knowing that you had been suspended eight times, but you, you played the game hard and, you know, you're, you're an honest player, right? I mean, it was, I, I don't even think dirty was the word I should have used, but, um, you, you know, you're greasy, you're hard nosed, and, and, and everyone knew what they were getting when they played against you. And you established that. I think that's what, what, you know, what tough, good players do, right? I mean, you, you know, you're creating space for yourself, you know, you're probably able to break the puck out a lot better since you, you're playing that way, right? I mean, you're giving yourself that extra space. And, you know, part, um, of, you know, part, of, it, part of it was early on and, and even prior to the NHL, I was always unpredictable, not knowing, you know, I might hit you, I might spear you, I might slash you, I might cross-check you. And keeping your opponent on edge and, and kind of leery of, of what you, you may do, um, you know, I think, you know, as opposed to dirty, unpredictable, you know, unpredictable. Like, I might, I might steal the puck from you. I might run you through the boards. I might, you know, cross check you. I might, you know, stick you in the nuts. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, and, and half, the time, half the time I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was spontaneous, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, yeah. it was, it was just like, you know, what, what looked like it was going to, you know, at that split second. Yeah. What am I going to do? Bang. Yeah. And it just and... <laughs> I I remember thinking uh, prongs like you know you've been here a couple weeks watching the games. First of all, I swear to God, the refs were petrified of prongs. Oh yeah. Like I've never seen a player yet just say, "Fuck, go fuck yourself, you fucking." Um, and usually they're like, "That's it," you know. Like, and he's and they're like, "Okay, I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch," and he's losing it, and I'm like, "This is unreal." <laughs> And not to mention, probably could have got called for a slashing penalty every shift wow. or a cross check. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like the the you know the rules are changed. It's about and, having a relationship with the referees so that they talk to you first. They give you some guidance on what you can and can't do, and then you just taper it up or down based on what they say. <laughs> it would, someone would come in and kind of if they bumped into Prongs, definitely they didn't really want to, but they did. And then Prongs turn around to hand him and, and then go like to the ref, like, did you see him hit me? Like, that's why I did that. And they're like, yeah, 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 we got it. Everything's good. No, <laughs> no penalties. And I'm going, holy shit. <laughs> this two handed this guy across his wrist. It was the greatest. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
That's the way the game is supposed to be played. You know, it's changed a lot. And That's right. I, I know we, uh, right. we're running out of time here, Prongs, and we respect your time and, uh, and whatnot. But we definitely got to do the, the Prong Daddy 2.0, no question. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, there's just too much. There's too much for one. Yeah, I, I agree. Gotta, there is. There is. All this other That's stuff right. I wanted to get to, but, we, you know, there's no, know. not a whole lot of time. I wanted to touch on him being an uh, NHL player safety guy, too. Yeah, I know, right? 2.0. 2.0. Uh, but we. Uh, I remember hearing that. I'm like, I think I texted. We were. I was texting you. I was like, could, I think you had to rule on Gudis. Well, no, I had to. Well, yeah. After I got, after I left here, and you're like, is he gonna get? Is he gonna get? I go, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, beast. You know, yeah. you know what's going. On. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Anyway. Well, we. Yeah, well, we appreciate your time, Prongs. We'll get into that 2.0. Yeah, exactly. So I know you got to go, but, uh, you know, really awesome to reconnect. And, you know, you've won at every level. I mean, Stanley Cup, two gold medals in the Olympics, Hockey Hall of Famer, man. Uh, uh, Just an uh, amazing overall hockey player and person. So we appreciate uh, the time, obviously, and definitely got to do it again. So good luck with everything you got going on with your, uh, your business there. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the Nasty Knuckles podcast. Yes, sir. 2.0 coming 2.0. up. 2.0. Hey, coming up. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right, brother. Bye, right, boys. Good Take care. Yeah, Good seeing you. See ya. All right, Riggs. That interview was brought to you by Manscaped. Riggs, you can definitely get festive and safely shave a shamrock in your pubes. Hopefully it helps me get lucky. Well, it should. Anyone with a shamrock shaved in their pubes is bound to get lucky. You and your partner will get lucky, all right? Their lawnmower 3.0 will showcase your pot of gold like no other rig, so goodness gracious, just shave that shamrock in there, buddy. (laughs) I'm on it. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine, which is very, very important. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code KNUCKLES at manscaped.com. Also, just so you know, every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection, which we all know is very serious and very important. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code KNUCKLES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code KNUCKLES. There's gold at the end of the rainbow with Manscaped rigs. Let's go. All right, we definitely want to thank the beast Chris Pronger. The Hall of Famer, the Stanley Cup champion, the Hart Trophy winner, the Norris Trophy winner. The guys won it all, but we got to thank him for his time, and it was so much fun. And we actually could have used more time, Riles. Oh, I know. He was on a time crunch there, and he was very uh, he was very strict with it. So we had to uh, you know abide by his time. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, we're going to definitely have to do the, uh, the, the Prong Daddy 2.0. As we yeah, talked about, sure. so uh, so much more, so many things we didn't get to that we had planned on talking about. But uh, yeah, um, you know what an amazing career, and it's it's always nice to get Prong Daddy going and see him laughing and, yeah. and telling some stories uh, because you know he's got a ton of them for sure. He he does, and he it's just 
I love getting him wound up, man. He's he's uh, he's a lot of fun to talk to, and there's we talked about quite a bit, but there were like we said, you know, there were there were just he's got so much to his career and what he's got going on. It I mean, we could have been on there three hours probably for sure. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, I didn't realize he had moved, well. I knew he moved around a little bit, but when he when he starts talking about his trades, you need to make him seem like. <laughs> yeah. he's, you know, some sort of suitcase, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, contenders want player like that, right? I mean, he's a, he's a yeah. valuable player. Not many guys with that size can move the way he does, shoot the way he does and, and, and play man. that physical brand of hockey. So he's obviously a wanted man. Oh, he was a wanted man when he was in his prime. And, uh, it was, it was, it was nice to connect with him in the, the orange and black, you know, he, uh, he brought a lot of spice to, to the flag guys when he was, uh, there. And, uh, unfortunately he had to retire due to, concussion issues but uh that's the way it goes glad to see him doing well and uh following his passion you know doing some business with his uh, family his wife there and um you know it was a, it was a great conversation I had a lot of fun with that yeah he's awesome man I, I mean it you know i don't even think we got in it to you know he was one of, he was uh voted in as one of the hundred greatest players to ever play the game i mean uh i think I did say at at one point we were uh, didn't want to pump his tires, but <laughs> R- Riggs, you saw it. I mean, this guy get a puck that first pass out of the zone. I know we talked about it, but man, I don't think there's anybody better uh, doing that. And it, how much easier does it make it on everyone when you got a player like that to get the puck out of your end so quickly and um, just kind of facilitated everything, really? Oh yeah, it sounds like such an easy thing to to do right i mean just make one good first pass (laughs) but as you know it's not that easy under pressure and you you got to be composed i think chemo was another guy that was really good at that obviously uh you know just making that first pass but it's really simplifying the game you know and how how important it is to moving up the ice just that one simple pass but uh obviously again he just brings he just brought that that physical brand of hockey the big shot you know you've seen him up front there in front of net on the power play at times but uh you know overall an amazing career and uh, you know the other thing that we didn't get to is um is the fact that he holds the record for the most games in olympic hockey i think it was 25 games oh, that he yeah, played which right. was uh, pretty impressive obviously yeah. at that caliber um but um no no shortage of uh medals trophies and and you know uh, and hardware there for that guy so amazing yeah. to have him on and I, I look forward to reconnecting with him because again we can we can poke and prod and get you know get get the the prong daddy, prong daddy laughing and, and sharing some stories a little more too. You know he's uh, he's eager to talk. You know I think you just got to prod. Yeah, he is. Him. He definitely is. I, I wanted to get to him too. It's funny because both those boys were playing hockey when he was here. Uh, they play basketball. They don't even play hockey anymore. Oh, well, so I, like six, I, I wanted now. to. <laughs> I have texted with him about it, but I, I wanted to get his take on it. You know, it's just. It was funny. He just said it's some. They just like basketball, so that's the way they wanted to go. So uh, I kind of wanted to talk to him about that. But uh, anyway, yeah, there's there's lots lots more we could talk to him about. But uh, we we did cover quite a bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, this wraps up episode twelve of Nasty Knuckles. Make sure you're tuning in next week, Tuesday, for episode thirteen. Have a safe week. Take care, knuckleheads. See you, knuckleheads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.